Okay, Mike, so we're here right after the Panthers lost in Seattle. It looked like a game they were able to win, just ultimately couldn't get it done. What happened to the Panthers once they had the lead? Well, I, I think the Panthers couldn't run the football. And when you have a close game, especially when you're winning and you can't run the football, you become one-dimensional. The, the defense can plan against what you are doing pretty easily. And we saw this kind of implode the offense. I mean, the defense kind of held the Seahawks to field goals through their first five scoring drives. And then the offense really couldn't deliver and build on those three-point scores. Typically, when you force a team to settle for field goals as many times as the Panthers' defense did, you come out on top because you're allowed to meet those field goals with touchdowns. And the Panthers simply didn't do that. Um, it, it's unfortunate. I mean, listen, the the Panthers had five scoring drives, mm -hmm. but and, and three touchdowns, by the way. But by the time that they were able to kind of put that third touchdown drive up, the game was out of hand. And I think, look, there's a lot of injuries on the defense. There's a lot going on on offense. There's a lot of change. There's all this other stuff. But again, the Panthers built this up like they were ready to contend for the NFC South. So really, you can't you can't really go easy on them. And right now, this team does not look like a good team at all. Let's talk about that defense. Uh, Frankie Lugo was missed the second half. There's a lot of linebacker injuries. C.J. Henderson went out. Um, what do you think is the kind of the status of that defense moving forward? Are they going to be healthy enough to kind of deal with Minnesota in six days? I mean, this is a tough, a tough thing to figure out. I mean, they, they, I said it on our show several times on Processing Blue that this was a top-heavy defense. They did not have a lot of depth. And already we're seeing some major injuries between Shaq Thompson, J.C. Horn, C.J. Henderson, who's filling in for J.C. Horn, by the way. Xavier Woods doesn't return. There, there's an injury to uh, Frankie Louvu, who just became a captain in Shaq Thompson's stead. It's almost like they're snake-bitten on defense. And and look, we're seeing the effect of that in the running game. We're seeing that late in games in the passing game. It's just they don't have a lot of depth to begin with. And when you lose starters the way that they are losing starters in these first three weeks, you're lucky to kind of survive this, you know, early six-game slate before the bye. I, I just I don't know what the answer is here. And it just kind of feels like this team can't get out of its own way, whether it's penalties or drops or a poor running game or stopping the run or, I mean, just like all around, this has just been an abject failure the first three games of the season. Coach Reich said the the offsides and the, I mean, the, the motion penalties or the illegal shifts, he called it pathetic. Um, do you agree with that? I mean, they're playing in a very loud environment, but is, is there any excuse for that? I mean, eight false start penalties? Eight. Four, four, Eight. On your, four, four on your first round draft pick. Yeah, and you're starting left tackle. Um, yeah, just, I mean, yeah, that is pathetic. I think the offense as a whole has just had these self-inflicted wounds. I mean, I counted at least six drops from wide receivers today. I mean, I thought Andy Dalton, for the most part, was accurate. And then once the game kind of got out of hand, he pressed a little bit because he mm -hmm. had to because he was throwing 58 passes. Which career, is wild. Is that, that's a career record, right? Yeah, it is. And he's played in the league for 13 years. He was a full-time <laughs> franchise starter for nine seasons. That's, that's wild. Big 12 that's, type of stuff doing 58 times in a game. That's wild, right? And look, you know, we 
we've watched Frank Reich before earlier in the season say, you know, Bryce Young's throwing too much against Atlanta. I believe he threw 38 times and yeah. Frank Reich came out and said, that's too much. Well, guess what? You're on the road in a, in a hostile environment, you know, kudos to the Seahawks de- defense, kudos to the 12th man, because look, they're all, they were without Jamal Adams, uh, Tariq Woolen, uh, Kobe Bryant. Like yeah. this was a, like this was a tough thing to to set up through, right? And yet, I mean, the fan base really helped them out. That was a true home field advantage. I don't know if if they played at Bank of America Stadium, if the Seahawks walk out with this one. Right. I want and to rewind you. I want to rewind you a little bit. You talked about how many passes Andy Dalton had. Who's calling those plays? Because the Panthers ran the ball fourteen times. We talked last week about play calling. Is it play calling? They're just not calling the run. They ran fourteen times for forty four yards. I mean, I, I think it's play calling. It's straight up play calling. I mean, I, I think Thomas Brown, a former NFL running back, would want to run the ball. I think Frank Reich is calling far too many passes. But when the running game isn't working, mm-hmm. realistically, it's either like quit on the run or continue to get one or two yards. And I think that that is kind of what plays into this. I, I don't know if there's a great answer here. I can say stick with the run, but when you can't run, like, I, I mean – this is a little bit different than last week where last week they were having a little bit of success on the run early on. And then they just completely forgot it existed here. They just weren't able to, I mean, look, Frank Reich even said the running game was non-existent. And so you, you've prop, I mean, you have promoted this coaching staff in every facet as being terrific. And it just kind of feels like, running the football and stopping the run are legitimate concerns here. And I think it uh, largely comes from execution. I I don't know if it's really coaching, but what's on the coaching staff is play calling. And from the offensive point of view, they are really one dimensional and defenses are keying in on that. I know these are different opponents, but why was Andy Dalton so much more effective in this offense in one game than we've seen from Bryce Young in two? Well, I, I think for one, you know, he is a veteran. He knows what it takes. He's played in Seattle before. He's been able to kind of play free because really, there's really no pressure on him. They lose, Bryce Young's getting his job back. They win, Bryce Young's getting his job back. <laughs> I mean, I, I think when you can play effort, or not not effort free, but like when you can play as relaxed as he was, I mean, this was really his game to shine. He had nothing but you know, positive things to kind of look forward to because he didn't sign up to be the starter here. And so I think from Dalton's perspective, he he moved the ball around. He targeted 10 different receivers connected with all 10 of them. Um, you know, they let him down a little bit with drops. Mm-hmm. I thought he led the offense relatively well. But the reality is they traded up a ton to get Bryce Young. Right. Bryce Young is a guy who they've invested a ton in. They took with the first overall pick. They, you know, in theory, had they waited to not trot him out there in week one and through training camp and built up this whole thing, mm-hmm. maybe they have some wiggle room here. But this is Bryce Young's show. This season's all about Bryce Young, especially at 0-3. You've got to figure out if you have a quarterback. Right. Um, and while Dalton looked fine, I mean, he's looked fine throughout his career. I mean, you, he gave you what you thought you would get from him. I just don't know how you turn the page on anybody like Bryce Young, who you've invested all this 
draft capital and the right. top overall pick and the entire summer into. Okay, well, let's talk of one bright spot. <laughs> I thought DJ Tart played really well. He got behind the defense and made some pretty nice catches. I know there were some drops there with, with him and some of the other guys, but I thought he showed some of what he showed in, in training camp, correct? Not yeah, I, I mean, I think he's kind of overcome the hamstring injury that kept mm -hmm. him on the sideline last uh, in week one. Uh, he had that great touchdown. I believe it was 47 yards yes. uh, to the nice, end zone. Nice little move there to 20 he got in, yeah. But the reality is he caught, I believe, four of 11 passes at, for 86 yards and, and, and a touchdown. And I, while I think he's been fine, I, I don't know if he's your top-level playmaker by default. Ooh. I mean, we saw Adam Thielen having a pretty nice game, all things considered. I think he got 11. Of, 11, 145 of the touch. Like, that's wild. Um, but that also shows you how much Andy Dalton's dropping back to pass. I think, look, the Panthers are in this awkward situation where they, they brought in all these veterans and those guys have struggled to make consistent plays. And the whole point of them being brought in was to be veteran safety nets for Bryce Young. And I don't think they've lived, they've lived up to the standard. Miles Sanders hasn't. Hayden Hurst went the entire second half for a second or the entire first half for a second straight game without a target. Yeah. Um, I just like Thielen seems to be the only guy who can make regular plays. And even then it's just not enough. And so I don't know where they go from here, but almost every gamble the Panthers have had on offense has just not completely worked out or mm -hmm. like the thought of it has not even kind of, gravitated towards success before we wrap up i want to get your grade on the first three weeks of the season give me a letter grade from what you've seen on the panthers offensively defensively and then coaching over the first three weeks offensively it's it's a d minus like i i don't know what you're you're looking at <laughs> you said you send a note home <laughs> on offense i mean look between the penalties between the drops between yeah inconsistency pre-snap all of that stuff mm. maybe i'll give him a d maybe i'll be i'll feel a little bit gracious he'll get a note going home it's still a warning yeah <laughs> i mean teacher-parent conferences this grade's not going on the fridge i think defensively <laughs> i think the scheme works i think the play calling has worked but from a a an overall execution standpoint especially when it comes to tackling they have not lived up to par mm -hmm. i'd give them a c um Special teams, they've been fine. Uh, you know, I mean, there have been penalties, but I think, you know, we saw Eddie Pinheiro miss a field goal that would have been his new career high. He was largely successful leading up to that. I think Johnny Hecker's the best punter in the game. Um, I'd give them a B. Okay. And then I think coaching, look, I mean, not for nothing, but this coaching staff's been promoted like it is going to be the saving grace of this franchise, and they've led with it. Yeah. They've led with this coaching staff. Yeah. And I think, you know, yeah, you can you can point towards execution, but it's the coaching staff's job to fix what has completely hindered this team throughout the first three weeks, and they're all pretty similar, tra you know, trappings, right? Mm -hmm. So I would just say that, for them, I mean, it's a D. Like, I, I mean, I, I don't know what what other grade you give them. Other, I mean, higher than that, just simply because a scheme can work, a system can work, but the play calling and the execution, especially on offense, have left a lot to be desired. I, I just, they're zero three for a reason. Like, this is not like a team that's just you know had a bad call go 
one way or another or whatever. These have been legitimate losses, all three of them. And I, I just don't know how you stop the bleeding here. Well, well, that's uh, not boding well for the future. They have a couple weeks for the bye week. They got Minnesota coming in. Um, do you think there's anything? What what can they do to hang in with Minnesota and pull an upset there? Develop a running game. Develop I mean, really, game. that's what it is. I think, you know, if you look at what the Eagles were able to do on Thursday night football from a running standpoint with DeAndre Swift, I mean, like they were able to get the ball down the field as really often. I mean, the Vikings just don't have a defense that can, can hold up against a strong running game. Mm -hmm. And if you can open up the running game, you can give Bryce Young the support to sit back there and kind of throw the ball around the yard. I, I just, I don't know if they're capable of doing that through three weeks. They've, they've either, been terrible on the on the ground or they've just ignored the ground game and that is that's frustrating i i, I just from an ob observational standpoint even objectively it's been weird to watch this team just go away from the run whether it's warranted or not right well we'll have to see what happens moving forward I hope it, all you guys will uh, keep watching us here on processing blue make sure you follow all the content on charlotteobserver.com make sure you like subscribe and follow us here and there's mike k he'll be here every week right mike well, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> All right, we'll catch you guys next time.